What's going on, good people? This is Awo Osheon. Welcome back to the Who Made Y'all Priest podcast, where we talk about our spiritual journeys, our everyday life experiences, and the issues of the time from the perspective of two people who just happen to be priests. Fafore, what's going on, man? Man, nothing much. Hey, but before I forget, because I always forget to do this to the end, uh, I need all, all the family out there that's watching, I need y'all to hit that like button. I need y'all to share this. You know, your uncles need it, your auntie and them need it, your cousins need it. So so I need y'all to share that. And then if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. Hit that subscribe button for us, y'all. Hit that for us. But what's good though? Man, you know, same old, same old man. Hardly uh, all work, no play. I see you over there uh, getting zen. I see a little smoke action. Oh, man, you know, man, every time I come in here and we start the podcast, man, I come in here and try to set the ambiance, man. I come in here and light me some incense, man, and get it get it spiritually popping up in here, man, while we talk to the people. I know that's right. I probably should do me something like that. <laughs> you got the you got the uh you got the candlestick back there. You got the uh what you call it? The uh I was gonna say chupacabra, but the uh <laughs> So whatever you call a candle, the candle holder, the candlestick holder. Yeah, I went. I went to uh, Dollar Tree or a Dollar Twenty Five Century and got <laughs> got me some candles, man. But the candles too big; it don't fit down in the hole. Oh yeah, that's, the, that's some that's some struggle candles right there. They gotta be big when you're trying to uh, when you're trying to light up the whole house when you ain't got no lights, man. Yeah, man. I need that. I need that. Now I was going. You know, be cheap and then like just shave around the end of it a little bit so it'll fit in there. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't even know for a dollar. I don't even know if I got that type of energy. In. All right, all right, yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, so look, I got on my NASA shirt. Today. I see, you, man. I see you repping the federal government. What's going on? Repping. You know what I'm saying? What's up to to all the people out there at uh, Johnson Space Center? <laughs> um, but I decided to wear it today, man. I don't know if you saw that story about uh, some uh, people out in Vegas. Mm. Said they saw some aliens, some aliens in their backyard. Oh, man. No, I ain't seen that story, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I saw the video, or it was a video floating around about Like, I had heard about it, and then I saw this video floating around social media. And I don't know, man. The video get weird, because at some point, it turned to, like, a black and white screen. And it's these beings, or it's something. I shouldn't even say it's beings. There's something in there, and it's like a. Then it go to like a steel frame, and then like, man, you see the eyes. I'm like, oh, it, it looked too much like a movie, right? Situation. I'm like, man, I don't know. Um, not that I don't believe that there are, there's life on other planets. I 1,000 percent believe that, and I believe they, you know, they come through here, you know, and they leave and go back home. But I don't know if that was real or not. But you know, it's, it's we'll have to talk about that. News. 
we'll have yeah, to talk about yeah. that, man. Especially about your belief that uh that they come here and do their thing and then go back home. We'll have to we'll have to visit that and uh and sit with that for a little while. We can talk about that. Now I don't think they come here like how you know we go to Atlanta for the weekend. I don't <laughs> think it's like that type of situation. Right. You know? I think if it was like that, then the federal government, like the federal government, the powers that be, whoever had that security clearance at the level where you, they can talk about uh, the uh, aliens or whatever, like, you know, they know what's going on. But the people not going to really be told about it until you know, they start using Earth like we use Disneyland. Like when that happens, <laughs> then they don't have to just come out and tell us. But until then, as long as they, you know, they they creeping in, creeping out, like right. Jesus, like a thief in the night. Nah, we they don't keep that to themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, I ain't worried about it. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about it either, man. That's, I feel like it's, you know, I got bills and stuff like that. That's that's kind of way too out of my my center of control, my, my circle of influence for me to even be able to give it any kind of energy. So yeah. Right, 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 right. But sure. then but then we can get into talking about uh Zachariah Sitchin and Eric Vodanikin and all of them that uh believe in the astronaut theory and all of that type of uh literature. Yeah we definitely definitely can get into that. Now we got a great episode for y'all. And Oshayun has been looking forward to this episode for about a year. <laughs> like, he has not slept. He's been sitting right there <laughs> since this time yesterday, waiting, ready. That's why he got the, <laughs> that's why he got the sage or the Palo Santo, whatever you use right now. He got that going. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Man. Trying to get the air to move. Yeah, man. I think it's going to be a beautiful episode, man. It's going to be a beautiful episode. We're going to have some, some of our people on here, man, that we can talk to, man. Absolutely. You you ready to just get on into it? Let's do it, man. Hey, how y'all doing, man? We appreciate y'all coming on and spending some time with us. Y'all way in Virginia. How y'all doing? Doing well. I'm actually the only one that's in Virginia. Are you? Yeah. 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 I'm in Atlanta. In Atlanta. You in where? Indiana. Indiana. Man, all over the country. Yeah, man, we all over the country, man. We worldwide now. We get we get worldwide, <laughs> man, with the Who Made John Priest podcast. <laughs> right, right. I'm loving the Lafia, everybody. The Lafia. Lafia. Yeah. Yeah, so y'all go ahead and introduce yourself to the family and tell us who you are and what y'all do. I guess I'll go first. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Ifa Yenmadun Fayemi. Uh, born Delorn Olivia Davis. I go by Yenny now, um, short version of my Ifa name. And I'm a project manager in Washington, D.C. Uh, a little bit about me, my journey to Ifa started in 2020 when I was actually having what I now know is a hypomanic episode. Um, so a year later in 2021, I was diagnosed with bipolar type 2 disorder um, but in 2020, when I was having that episode, I reached out to my now godmother, Ia Omiyemi. Shout out to Ile Omi Works. Um, oh, and quick, she, quick, quick plug right here. If you need you like some new Alekes, if you need you some new E days, yes, 
that's where you need to go. You need to go to her godmother. Yes, absolutely. She will hold you down. Um, I reached out to her actually because I wanted like protective jewelry for what I was going through. And as I was explaining to her what was going on, she was like, I think you need divination. And <laughs> I didn't know what that was. <laughs> um, but later on, uh, I found out that it was a reading and that reading changed my entire life. And ever since then, I haven't looked back and Ifa and me have been a thing. Mm. So quick question though, wait a minute. So you just randomly hit her up for some protective jewelry? Like you didn't really know who she was or like, how did you find her? So she's actually my college professor. Um, mm. And I took her class, I think my junior year, but I was all over the place. So I was not paying attention. I don't know how I didn't flunk the class, actually. <laughs> she was graded on the curve. Yeah, graded on the curve. Yeah, take her class if you try to cheat. No, I'm playing. <laughs> but yeah, so she was my professor. Um, I had another professor that was actually, uh, me and Nadia are Africana Studies majors. Um, we had another professor, Maymay Sanford, um, who was a priest of Oshun. So we came to learn that, took her class. So we had two professors on a very white campus that are priests of Ifa. Um, so that was just, I didn't know what that was when I was in college, but looking back, it's just like, that's awesome. <laughs> right, absolutely. I'm <laughs> My birth name is Tawanda Bonner. I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. Um, I'm an area manager at the Walmart warehouse out here. Uh, <clears throat> I've been there for a few years. Um, I came to meet Ia Omiyemi through a high school friend who had actually already received her hand. We had known each other about 20 years and my life was kind of up and down. I had a lot going on and she was like, hey, I want to introduce you to my godmother. I think you may need to talk to her. And I'm like, Deloren, I got my first reading from her and it was up from there. I got like a year reading before I actually made a move. It was more or less, I was practicing without committing to doing the real work. Mm, it was, I was getting the readings and I was, you know, listening, to, picking and choosing what I wanted to listen to. <laughs> but either way it helps right right I love how you said it that taught me a lot I love how you said that you were practicing without committing to do the real work because uh, that Ishefa or initiations in general are, are just our marriages right so it's a commitment so I love it Miss Nadia <laughs> you weren't gonna try to say the Ifa name. Uh-uh, I wasn't gonna I wasn't even try. <laughs> it got seven syllables in that name. <laughs> yeah, so uh my name is Nadia Ross. Um my Ifa name is Ifa Jekoto Molowo Fayemi. And my journey actually started when I was in the fourth grade. Um I am of Haitian descent, so um, growing up in a very Catholic family, um, Catholic back then, things have changed. Um, I didn't really feel connected to it and I knew I was Haitian. So um, basically I went to the library, I started checking out books on Haitian voodoo and all types of just African related spiritualities. And I read everything that I could. Um, 
And then when I was actually in high school, I had my first reading. Um, it wasn't with an ephod priest. It was actually just with one of my mom's friends. Um, but essentially the reading um, basically said that there was more in store for me and I needed to continue down this um, path, um, journey of gaining more knowledge. And uh, so I went to college and was an Africana studies major in college with Yanni. And I actually took Thea Omiyemi's class when I was a sophomore. And when I met her, I was just like, this lady is supposed to be my teacher. Um, so I'm gonna enroll in her class. I, I just had a feeling that like, I was supposed to learn something from her. I took two classes with her um, and everything I learned was amazing. Uh, and, and without really even knowing it, I was already studying um, the basic concepts of Ifa. Um, and, you know, we just went about my, my journey in college. I had a reading from a Babalao in New York. And when I moved to Atlanta, um, you know, I lost contact with him. He just kind of like went ghost. And I was very confused and kind of like hurt by it because, you know, I had started to form a spiritual relationship with him. Um, and I was also going through some wild things, also ended up being <laughs> diagnosed um, bipolar too. Um, and Yenny was just a, a huge uh, part of my, um, my recovery journey. And she said, you know what? You need to talk to Professor Artisha. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, what do I need to talk to her about? I, I knew that she was um, a priest, um, but I actually uh, didn't know that she would be open to, you know, helping people outside of Virginia. So uh, I, I just hit her up and I scheduled a phone call and the rest, as they say, is history. Wow. Yeah, that was a beautiful story. Uh, we did, we kind of did the same thing uh, as Daru did, where we kind of, I got my first reading and that was it. I got my first reading and I asked Baba what I do next, what I got to do next, to, because I, I want to learn this. I want to do what you did with that chain today. I want to learn how to do that. So yeah, it was, it was like you say, it was up, it was up from, uh, <laughs> from then on. As is customary on the Who Made Y'all Priest podcast, we heard about y'all coming into E5. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you all were raised, the traditions that you all were raised in. Let's let's start with Yenny. Uh, so my family, I was raised custodially by my mother. So my dad is in my life, but um, my mom's a single mother. She raised me. Um, in the home with my two siblings, my brother and my sister. And my mom's side of the family is heavily Christian in the United Church of Christ, that denomination. Um, so hymns, um, the Lord's Prayer, going to church every Sunday, doing christenings, doing Easter, doing that kind of stuff. Um, but that was more my grandmother's generation my mom and her siblings had that background because they went to church every sunday and did the heavy christian background but they didn't really my mom didn't really enforce it uh, like heavily so essentially i have that background but i was never a super super strong christian 
Mm. Um, I was never like diehard Christian. And actually when I went to college my freshman year, uh, I started identifying as agnostic. And then by the end of my freshman year, I identified as atheist. Mm. Um, so I, and that had a lot to do with what I was learning in my Africana studies classes, because once I learned that basically Christianity was used to justify the transatlantic slave trade, I was over it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is not it. <laughs> this is not it. So I completely disassociated from religion as a whole. Um, once I found out that it could be used for systemic oppression. Mm-hmm. You, you said United Church of Christ? Yes. That must have just started. Like, I ain't never heard of United Church of Christ. <laughs> I mean, I'm used to Baptist and Pentecostal and, and AME. That, that's about it. Maybe about two or three of us might be Methodist, but, but that's pretty much it. United I don't Church know. of Christ. I don't know how new it is. Uh, I know my great grandmother was a member of a Nazarene in uh, Brooklyn, New York, United Church of Christ. So I know it's at least as old as my great grandmother, at least. Man, she must have started. I'm going to stop you like, who? I'm going to have to Google that. If I see your grandmother like this, I don't know what's up. Right. Um, what about what about you, uh, Daru? What about you? What were your uh, religious upbringings before you fought? So it was kind of half and half. My parents worked together, but they both were very active. So my dad's side of the family was Southern Baptist, like all generations. Passed the play checkers on the porch. You went to church on Saturday for choir practice, Sunday for church, Wednesday for Bible study, seven days for revival. Mm-hmm. My mother's side of the family on the other hand I can remember one relative who was even remotely religious, spiritual or any of that. My grandmama got us dressed on Easter and sent us to my other grandma <laughs> <laughs> like because my parents grew up four doors down from each other so we've always had that on the same block, four blocks so she dressed us and sent us on. She smoked Newport so oh, yeah. Yeah. In, in the um, Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While she was playing solitaire. Yeah, yeah. Yep, she did. Um, so I didn't really I didn't cling to the Christianity thing and I didn't know why. It just it never made sense to me. Nothing about it made sense to me. So it just didn't feel right. It never felt natural. So I kinda, you know, once I reached a certain age, I left home really early. And once I got to that point to where I was out on my own, I kind of drifted and read and looked into a lot of different things, but never really chose one specific thing until I met Ian. Wow. And what about you, uh, Nadi? I'm still not going to try to say what you think. <laughs> <laughs> it is okay. I understand. You got a nickname? <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Make them say it. Make them say it. <laughs> it's a lot, but I'm a lot. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so for me, on my mom's side, um, that's the Haitian side of the family. So um, very much so Catholic. Um, I was baptized Catholic. However, it's interesting because there were always little things that my mom did, my grandma did, my great grandmother did that didn't necessarily 
align with that. And I don't even think they realized um, that they were actually practicing Vodou, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, is a, is a, is a child of Ifa and other um, African spiritual um, systems. But um, on my father's side, uh, he actually grew up studying the Bible very heavily. And he is also a Virgo. Um, and so when he started to study that Bible, he was like, wait a minute, because some things are just not adding up. Like the math is not mathing for me. And so he always identified as just spiritual, but not religious. And um, for me personally, having that, um, my dad in the house and, you know, listening to him explain things the way that he did, that, that was one of the reasons why it never really sat right with me. And I didn't, um, you know, I grew up, he used to give me like African-American history flashcards and like all of these things outside of school. So um, always was very pro-black. So this idea of praying to a blonde haired, blue eyed man was just, it just did not sit right with me. Mm -hmm. um, fast forward to today, my father is the only person in my family who addresses me by my five name. <laughs> um, you don't like to say it. Right. <laughs> and he practiced and I, and I really love him for that. Um, and then my mom, uh, even though her father is vehemently like anti any type of African spirituality um, as, a, as a defense mechanism, uh, being a Haitian immigrant and just having that um, that whole voodoo kind of scare going on. Um, she eventually ended up, she is an Aborisha. She also practices Kalo. So mm. she's now into it too. Um, and so it's it's been a journey. Um, but we started in a very, very different place than we ended up now. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Actually, when I came into African spirituality, the first thing I studied, the first place I went was uh, Haitian voodoo. I was told by a medium last year that my ancestors actually want me to be initiated as a priest in the voodoo tradition. So, um, congratulations! I actually five, so I, you know I had to I had to back it up. I had to double back real quick, <laughs> double check, make sure. And if I said yeah, yeah. So, I said, okay. <laughs> so at some point that'll that'll be a move that I'll be making. So we are all here for what both O'Shea and myself feel is one of the most important episodes so far in uh, the Who Made Y'all Priest podcast. To me, it's something that we don't talk about in um, IFA. You know, I, I, I've heard people say, uh, elders, you know, senior priests say things like, you know, in, in Africa, they don't care who you sleep with. And that's dope, right? And maybe one day here on the continent of North America, we will be there, but we're not, right? Who you sleep with is very much a big deal, right? And, you know, in our society. So we thought it was important to not ignore it, not try to step around it or step over it. Let's have a conversation about it, right? So um, very important conversation. So I'm glad it all three of you um, bless us with, you know, your experiences and, and your outlooks and your perspectives. So we can kind of just put it on the forefront and hopefully this will spark conversations 
throughout the community, right? So kind of want to start right off at the top. So, um, and let's start with, with Nadia. I want to know, how do you describe your sexual orientation? And at what point, what age did you know that this was your reality? So currently I identify as pansexual, um, which is another way of saying anybody could get it. Um, <laughs> and I kind of, I always knew I was very uh, fluid just as a child. I used to have girlfriends and boyfriends and I even like, I got married to a girl in kindergarten. <laughs> um, so I've always kind of known, but when I first actually um, felt um, very strongly, like um, as, a, as a middle schooler, so 12 years old, um, I met this girl and I was just enamored. Like I was like, I need to be everywhere she is at all times, I'm so in love. And I told my mom, you know, mom, I think, you know, I might be bisexual and she, she has changed. Let me just put that out there. <laughs> right. um, but she basically told me that that was not a real thing. Um, and that ever since I was little, you know, I always had boyfriends. I don't know how she missed the girlfriends part. Um, but she basically told me that it was not a real thing. And um, very impressionable. I um, and very much so like with my mom as my role model, I kind of just shoved everything really deep down within me mm. um, and really ran away from it uh, until actually I was in college and I had just gotten out of um, I, out of a relationship and I was just all in my head, super confused. And I just was like, you know what? I'm gonna just try something really quickly. <laughs> I downloaded mm. a Tinder app and I set it to girls only. And ever since then, it's just been, it's been wonderful. I'm having a great time here. Right. And um, with the idea of pansexuality, um, that's where I kind of get into um, gender nonconforming uh, individuals or people who identify as transgender. Um, so it kind of, it's a, I feel it's a more inclusive term um, because I don't care what is between your legs. I care about what's in between, you know, in between your ears and what's in your heart. So that is how I came to learn about myself and that's how I identify now. Now, just a follow-up question to that though. So you said, you know, at 12 you were enamored with uh, this girl. Was that the first time that you were enamored with anybody or this is just the first time for a girl? Where so you felt that's wrong? That's a good question. It was not the first time I had ever been enamored with anyone. It was the second time. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, I just wanted to clarify that. Daru, same question for you. How do you um, identify um, yourself and at what age? I am a lesbian. Um, <laughs> I'm a little like Nadia. I got caught hunching when I was five at the family reunion. <laughs> And I was always the daddy. <laughs> um, as I got older, it was just, as a teenager, um, preteen, it was more like, well, hmm, am I bisexual? Because I ain't never liked the boy before. 
ain't never kissed a boy before, but I'm doing all kind of stuff with these little girls around here. But maybe I'm, maybe I'm bisexual and I just don't know it yet. Maybe I'm, a, you know, growing to it. I mean, it never happened, but, you know, that was a thought then. It came out, I was about, I want to say, 16. I kind of got kicked out the closet by somebody I was dealing with. So my family did like a whole intervention type thing. Like, I'm not even sure how quick the whole family knew. But when I got to my grandma's house, everybody was there. It was a big mess, which is what kind of led to me leaving the home so early amongst other things. Mm -hmm. But that's just, it. that's always what it's been. Um, I have a daughter. She's 26. Her father was my best friend in high school. We had sex one time. I was trying to see if I was bisexual. Who better to find out with than your best friend? This is my right. This is my right hand. We said to figure it out. We were picking up the girls together. Right, right. So we're going to go ahead and figure it out right quick before we, you know what I'm saying, get grown. We was in high school. I realized then it just wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying? I've always identified as a lesbian. So now so, I got a I got a follow up question. Yeah, that. me too. Go ahead. <laughs> so as identifying as a lesbian and knowing then that uh, that you were not bisexual, what what made you keep the baby? I've always wanted children on my own, mm -hmm. so my sexuality had nothing to do with me wanting to be a mother. Mm -hmm. I don't identify as a male. I am a masculine representing female. I've always wanted to be a mother since I was a small child. I just didn't know how I was going to be one because I ain't like dude. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got it. Got so it. I'm gonna ask a question that those who like me who just don't know want to know. So when you tried it out with the best friend, but you like just like disgusted the whole time, like. So Ugh. first of all, let's start with it wasn't the whole time. <laughs> there wasn't. <laughs> there wasn't the whole time involved. It wasn't like you know. Oh, we been there was no listen. <laughs> we was playing cards, okay? okay. We had got into some trouble. Everybody was facing time in juvenile, mm -hmm. so we was having a everybody finna go to jail party. Mm. We were playing cards, and it was hmm. Today would be a good day to figure out whether or not I'm bisexual, since we all may not see each other again. Might as well get it out the way, right? We went in a room. He was like, take your clothes off. I'm like, no, I'll take my pants off. He was like, turn around. I was like, well, yeah, no, I'm going to go ahead and get in the bed under the cover. So, yeah, there was no fun involved. It wasn't. I came for business. I was on a mission. I had, to, I had a purpose. <laughs> I needed to know if I liked it. And it took less than five minutes to realize that I didn't. Right, right. So did you tap my man like, hey, nah. I did. That's my best friend. I did dead in his chest. Like, okay, that's enough. Wow. <laughs> I did. And he's still my and he's right. still my friend to this day. Right. We have an amazing friendship. That's good. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. So yeah, same thing with you. How do you identify? And at what age did you know that that was your uh your reality uh currently i identify as bisexual and gender fluid um the gender fluid thing is more new that was like two years ago my bisexuality 
I knew when I was in middle school, but I never really acted on it. Um, and it's it's kind of interesting because I still have never dated a woman. Um, I just know that I'm sexually attracted to women, but I'm not romantically attracted to them. Meaning that I like the way women look. I think they're hot. I think they're beautiful. But when I envision myself in the future, married with a family, it's always with a man. Mm. So I'm bisexual, but I guess people would describe me as straight leaning. Um, I'm also something called straight presenting, which is when you look at me, you can't necessarily tell that I'm quote unquote queer. Um, there's nothing about me that like basically puts that out there right in, in, in your face or anything like that. But queer doesn't really have a look, so that's controversial in itself. Um, and then being gender fluid, I started identifying as that because I'm uh, very, I have very masculine energy. I always have since I'm a, I, I was a little kid. Um, not to say that women can't be leaders or aren't leaders, but was always a leader, very outspoken, um, very straight, very much of a straight shooter, very much kind of like, hey, I'm here. This is my opinion. This is what I have to say. And you can't tell me nothing like just always, <laughs> always that type of energy. Um, and I was like even like rebellious slash combative in my teenage years and kind of throughout college. So I've just always had a very masculine energy and people kind of never understood that. And I was like, well, the energy that you're expecting, you probably wouldn't question it if it was coming from a man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started identifying as gender fluid. And I said, basically I identify as at any point in time, I can drift between femininity and masculinity. And I encompass both of them as a balance. So a couple of things. Hey, you about three different flavors of the LGBT. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's like, I mean, again, I, I don't know if that's like a normal thing, but you was like, I'm this and I'm this and I'm this. I'm like, you can be all them? <laughs> like, that you had to pick a pick one, like pick a letter, pick yeah. a letter, any letter. You know, like you say, pick a struggle. You know what I'm saying? You, know, you can just be all kinds of this. So you like that's okay. You three different things. So, so the thing about which how you describe yourself and sexually attracted, but not romantically attracted. So does that mean you've never actually been with a woman? Yeah, correct. I have went on a date with a woman but I've never dated, been in a relationship with a woman. Like that women just don't do it for me. There's something about men that is just, I love black men. Like I love y'all. <laughs> like, it's something about men for me. That's just like, that's it. Um, and women just don't do it for me in that way. But I still enjoy looking at them, um, kissing every now and again playing around a little bit like I I'll do that with women but it's just like I know I don't want to be with you mm. also you would like a, a dip your toe in the water bisexual right <laughs> <laughs> okay I got it you got it you like eh, it's a little too cold for me today a little too hot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying I get you okay right. that's dope but you know the, the thing that you talked about and, and uh, the masculine presenting and things of that nature that's very indicative if you break down your life path number and you look at your secondary numbers, it's a very, very 
uh, masculine energy in your secondary number and a very, very feminine energy. And it's all about you finding the balance in that. So that's, that's dope. That's dope, just how you present it, you know, where you are. Right. And we are and we are learning a lot about these different terms. So, you know, we kind of talk to you, uh, Yenny, about these different uh, terms, because a lot of these terms I've never heard until maybe the last couple of years, few years. So yeah, we're that's learning a lot of it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we also want to say the reason this episode even came about is because of Yenny. We was in the DM like, hey, what's this mean? And what's that mean? How do you get this? And what? I just heard this term. Break that down. And in the conversation, it was like, yo, we need to have an episode. And you got to be on it so we can, you know, talk about this. Let's start yeah. with Nadia. Um, there's a debate out there about whether or not people are born uh, gay, bisexual, that they that they know at a very young age that they're born uh, how they identify. What What do you think about that? What Do you feel like you were born the way that you identify? Okay, yes, I do believe that you are born the way that you identify. I think, um, and you all just actually spoke a little bit about this, is there is, there has been a, a very large wave of LGBTQ activism and because of that, there are now terms and all of these different terms, people like to call it alphabet soup. It's really to place names on things that people have been feeling for a very long time. And nobody really had the, the vocabulary to kind of put these feelings into words. So I do believe that people are born the way that they are born. Um, and just, just to like keep it a honey, like, you don't choose who you who you have those feelings for. Like I don't I don't choose like when I'm about to like sleep with somebody. I'm not like okay, well I think I'm gonna like get wet today. Like I don't just choose that. Like it just happens naturally. It's a natural function. So because of that, because it just happens without me making that decision of yeah I'm gonna be into this today or whatever the case may be. I feel like you know people are just born the way that they're born. What about you, Daru? Uh, honestly, do I mean think about it? Me and Nadia have been hunching girls since we was five. That's not everybody in my family is heterosexual. It's not like it was two women hunching in front of me. It's not like I snuck in some lesbian porn or any of that. Mm -hmm. It was just my natural reaction to a woman. Miss Yenny, I think uh, I have a little bit of a different opinion. I think you can be born knowing and have that thing basically present for you but i also think you can develop it because i i didn't necessarily know like when i was five years old um as young as daru and nadia i didn't know when i was that young um i think your environment can also play a factor in it as well uh i think it just really depends on the perfect on the person and their situation. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it can be nature and nurture nurture combined. You know, Fafore and myself, we've talked about this before on several different occasions. And uh, it seems to be different for men than for women. Uh, 
I kind of agree with uh, with Nadia about this. There's this physiological thing that you can't control. Uh, and when I talk to Fafore about it, I believe that you are born, that you are born how you are born, uh, at least for men, at least for men. Uh, because like, for example, I can't, I don't think that I would be able, I know that I wouldn't be able to be aroused by a man. It's a physiological thing that I can't control. I couldn't be aroused by a man. So I think uh, I do lean like the nature nurture type of thing, but I do believe that there's some uh, something physiological in the body that you are born with that determines how you will later identify. Mm. Oh, I think at this point, I think for us, because we've actually seen it and, and how it shows up, that it's, for me, it's not a belief. It's just more of an understanding that you can be born that way. And we know people through divination who were, you know, kind of came and who were born that way, right? But there's also this other part where, um, whether you are a man or a woman, where sexual trauma, molestation, things of that nature can also change how you came into the world. Mm -hmm. I do believe that there's a lot of men and women who came in the world one way and through the trauma they suffered. There was a confusion there and then they kind of changed, right? Especially if it's something that happens at a very young age, right? But also with women, I do think women are different than men from the standpoint that I do think that women have, can be in a space, not all women, right? Um, some women are just hard one way or another. But I do think there's a thing with women where they can kind of love who loves them, mm. right? Like you can come in one way and you can find yourself with a woman, falling in love with a woman if she presents things that you haven't been able to find in, in me, right? Especially a certain type of, of, of care and, and, and nurturing and intimacy. Hmm. So I think it's kind of a mixed bag for everybody. I don't think everybody was born that way. I don't think everybody got that way during some kind of sexual trauma or things of that nature. I just think it's, you know, ultimately I do believe it was a choice though. Again, whether the choice you made in, in heaven or choice you made in earth about the experiences that you were going to have. Well, so all of you have your hand of ephah. And as a result of having your hand of ephah on that last day, you had your ephah. So one thing that I was curious about, because I've never been in an ephah uh, where this had come up. I, I have heard of an ephah where this came up, but I wasn't actually physically present. But during your e-time, we're going to start with uh, Daru. Did your sexual orientation come come down to your e-time? Not at all. It hasn't come down to any reading I've received so far. Okay. Yeah, same for me. My sexual orientation um, did not show up in my e-time or any of my readings. But they were generally able to gather that I was in a toxic relationship, the mm. priests that were in the room. Um, but the sexuality aspect of it didn't have anything to do with it. 
Yeah, it didn't come up for me either. Um, relationships came up, but um, nothing specifically about my sexuality, no. The one person that I know of, it came up in the old dude, either uh, Iwori ED or ED Iwori. So that's how you know they were able to get to that information. So now that we know that we're having this discussion about uh, sexual orientation and how we all identify uh, from you all's experience, uh, do you feel that your stance or your sexual orientation is supported spiritually in the system that you practice right now, in the system that we all practice right now? Or do you feel like your spirituality and your sexuality contradict? Let's, let's start with Nadia. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a, another really good question. Um, I feel 100% completely supported. Um, you know, when I look at the Orisha and I see that there are um, male paths, female paths, Olokun, who is, from everything that I've read so far, it's definitely giving gender neutral, gender fluid. Um, and so just and that, but that's not sexuality, that's more of gender identity. But um, just reading what I've read, especially with Haitian Vodou, when we talk about Ezili Danto, like, you know, it, it's all a through and through our everything. Mm -hmm. um, and when I think about the things that I studied in college, when we think about Africa pre-colonialism, um, it, it kind of makes sense that the religion that comes from that era is supportive of that because back then nobody cared. It what you didn't even need to tell people how you identified. It just was what it was, and people you it was a community oriented mindset. So people just took care of each other regardless. Mm -hmm. So I think that was another big reason that I moved away from Catholicism because this whole issue, the homophobia, transphobia, all of these things, they all come out of white supremacy, and I was just looking for everything that would take me away from that reality, um, making a conscientious decision to um, believe in something that up, upheld the way that I feel about things and the way I move um, socially. Um, so yeah, I feel very supported. Um, I talked to Ia Omiyemi about this. Um, we actually have been studying our ancestors and um, just in our, our little study group. And, you know, I asked her, how do I reconcile with my, my grandfather who, when he found out that I was in a lesbian relationship, didn't speak to me for three years until I brought a man around. Mm -hmm. um, I know eventually he will be one of my ancestors. So, how do I reconcile the anger that I feel and the um, the abandonment that I feel with the fact that I am also supposed to revere this person? And um, it was a really beautiful conversation because, you know, I also my mom wants me to hide who I am from him, and Ifa says, "Tell no lies." So. Ifa supports who I am because Ifa lets me be who I am and encourages me to move in a space that's honest 
um, and true to who I am. And I feel like that's extremely supportive. At the same time, talking about community ancestors, you know, our Harriet Tubman's, our Marcus Garvey's, um, Sojourner Truths, like our people who are cut from a cloth of diverting themselves from um, what society considers as the norm. Um, and she said to E.L. Miami, she said to me, you know, I always, I appreciate and I respect people who are gay, people who are gender nonconforming because they're cut from that exact cloth. They're here to disrupt what is the status quo. They're here to um, promote inclusivity and, and promote this mindset that we are all people at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, there are people who die and who are killed for living their truth. And as someone who is gay, trans, whatever the case may be, you know, they, they embody that truth regardless of what earthly consequences might come from it because they are, it, it's bigger than earthly pleasures and, you know, who you have sex with. It's about changing the world for the better and making the world a better place. And I think um, Ifa is very supportive of that because Ifa tells you to be the best person that you can be. Ifa tells you that it's not necessarily always about you. It's about people who are watching you. Um, and people who are living that life, but afraid to live in it as proudly as you do. So very long way to say, I absolutely feel supported in my spirituality. <laughs> no, that was perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah. So what about you, Daru? Do you feel supported in uh, your, in the spiritual system that we all practice uh, pertaining to your sexual orientation? So actually I do. Um, my experiences aren't ex extensive and not as Nadia's or Deloren because I'm new to, I didn't meet Ia Omiyemi in person until I received my hand. Mm. I didn't meet any of them in person until I received my hand. But my sexuality has never been an issue and I've always been open with it. Even when I came for that weekend to receive my hand, everybody received me openly. Mm. Um, so now I don't know. Once I get deeper into it, you guys have a little more experience than me. I'm not sure how that works, but in my own circle, I'm fully supported. And what about you, Ms. Yenny? Do you feel fully supported uh, uh, in this E5 tradition concerning your uh, sexual orientation? Yeah, I feel supported. Nobody's ever questioned it. Uh, it really doesn't come up. Kind of like what Awofafori was saying, like, we don't really talk about it. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean that people are trying to stifle it. I think that that could also be a representative of a good thing of acceptance mm -hmm. um, and inclusivity all around. Um, something that I will say is that I do also recognize that Ifa has this, like, freedom and fluidity within it for gender and sexuality, but there are also like gender lines, right? So um, when you are receiving your hand, women are wearing skirts, men are wearing pants. Um, so that also exists um, when you greet different, I've, I don't, I've never done it before, but when you greet different Orisha, you greet them in different ways, depending on uh, what they're, what their uh, sex is or what their gender is supposed to be and things of that nature. So I do also wanna recognize that those binaries 
are very true in EFA, but I think that the binaries exist to create balance. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they exist to exclude people. I think that they exist to make sure that we have polarity so that we can have a center. Now you brought up something that could be a whole nother episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that, could be, that could be a whole nother episode because I've had that question also um, about us knowing that the universe presents itself in a polarity or in a binary system. And then we have these different uh, sexual orientations or I'm trying to get used to the terms y'all. So please don't take offense to anything. When I say sexual orientation, I'm not, uh being uh derogatory or pejorative i'm just i'm still getting used to all of the terms but knowing that ifa says that the universe presents itself in a polarity and in a binary uh like form and then we have these different sexual orientations so i've had questions about that too but like i say that could be a whole nother <laughs> a whole nother episode that we could have to talk about uh the differences between those things you got something Daru? I do because I want to go back to when you received your hand. So my very first thing was, so do I actually got to wear a skirt or can I wear some white pants? And I was told that Ifa is about sex, not sexuality. Mm. So although it's fluid, it has nothing to do with being lesbian, gay, bisexual, any of that. It's man and woman, light and dark. It's balanced. You can't have man without woman. You can't have woman without man. It has nothing to do with sexuality. That's a beautiful explanation, the difference between sex and sexuality. So <laughs> j just to, to pull on that a little bit, though, so did you have to wear a skirt? I did. I did, and I was happy in my skirt, and I took plenty of pictures. But when we went back to the hotel, you know what you just said though is important um you know one of one of my frat brothers loving to death we talk all the time uh since way back in college and um he's i'm, I'm gonna say gay that's all i know um that's the only term i'm comfortable with that i'm using it i guess somewhat in the proper term but the only thing i would tell him like you know you got to live out loud live how you you feel like you need to live my only thing is just to remember that you're a man right there's there's a masculine energy just understand who you are and you can be who you are completely and fully right you know what i'm saying and like you said i think that's what they were trying to present um to you when you got your hand to be filed. But I don't remember, you know, at least down here, I, from what I can remember, correct me if I'm wrong, Oshayon, but I think most, if not all the women wore pants. Well, they had on pants, but they had the little uh, skirt or the sheet tied around to- See, uh, I don't even remember that for all of them. Mm. I'm gonna have to pay attention from here on out because yeah, I don't you're gonna have that. me lying. You're gonna have me lying and people calling me out, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I gotta make sure I pay attention because I don't I don't remember that um aspect. You know, so you guys have brought up something interesting. And I really wasn't gonna go in a direction, but I'm curious. 
Oh, now you got something to say? Yeah, I actually, I want to, um, I want to say something about that. So, um, yeah, like what Daru said, um, what Ia specifically told us is that um, it was about your biology, not about your gender identity. And I think if we're going to continue this conversation, a distinction does need to be made because there is a difference between sex and gender. Sex is what is between your legs. You know what I mean? And, you know, there's even intersex people who are born with both. Um, but gender is a social construct. Gender is a social construct that was created and enforced by white men in order to maintain their hierarchy in our society. So I think, yes, Ifa is definitely about balance. So I understand having that masculine and feminine energy, but I also feel like that energy is both energies are necessary within the self um, mm. to, to have balance within the self. So, um, you know, I understand, I've heard that before, be yourself, but also remember that you're a man. Um, and I, I want to just problematize that a little bit because okay, I think, <laughs> I think that when people say these things, it can be disparaging um, toward maybe men who are a little bit more feminine presenting. And to me, when I hear that, it's, it's not even an issue with the homosexuality per se, mm -hmm. it's an issue with femininity. And as a practitioner of Ifa, I think what's important for us to remember in those contexts is that maybe if someone is a little more feminine than others, you know, that's them, but also it's not about being leaning one way or another, it's about having that balance. Um, and then also as like someone who has that, um, that uh, context of having bipolar depression, um, balance is super, super important. Um, and it's, a, it's, a, it's something that I am working on in general, because I present as very, very feminine. <laughs> um, and I, I experience life as very, very feminine. But I think when you get deeper into practices of Ifa, you recognize that there is a necessary to have that balance of masculinity and femininity within you. Mm -hmm. so I hope that you makes know, sense. It did. It does. <laughs> it does. Yeah. You brought up. You brought up a lot uh, against some more stuff that could be a whole nother episode. But uh, right, right. The difference, you know, me and Fafore, we've had that conversation also about the difference between gender and sex. And I too mm -hmm. agree that there's a difference between gender and sex. So when he says, just remember that you are a man. Now, I understand that we live in a time now where you have men, again, I don't know all the terms. So you have men who are identifying as, as women that don't want to be called a man. And I think that that's when we get this mix up between sex and gender. Sex to me is saying that you are a man, that you are a male, and I'm talking about your biology. And then your gender identity is something else completely. I know plenty of, of what I would call effeminate men or men that present as feminine that are not gay. They're just, when we were coming up, we would just say that they were soft. That, that this is a soft man or a soft boy that presents kind of feminine or softer than 
I don't know, softer than the other men or boys that were around. So when I say man, I'm talking about sex, not gender. Uh, but yeah, that could be a whole nother thing. You know, I just talked to somebody earlier about how when I was coming up, I never heard the term transgender. I've only heard transsexual. Yes. And now we use the term transgender. And for me, the term transgender simply means that, uh, for example, the uh, the guy that swam with the women at in college, uh, I, I think that was at Penn State. He's uh, he identifies as a woman, but he still has male genitalia. He still has male genitalia and transgender allows that. Transgenderism allows that. Now, when we talk about transsexual, we're talking about someone who has had a, as a man has had his penis removed. He's a transsexual. So it seems to be a difference. And I think we're conflating gender and sexuality or gender and sex. Uh, in our society today, but yeah, that could be we could go. <laughs> yeah, go yeah, about that. And, and yeah, in the episode, I was saying gender and sex is the same thing. Why is because we're using English terms, so we get ourselves in things where we where we use as spiritual people. We use spiritual concepts using the English language, and that's where we get confused. So I I don't disagree with what you're saying in theory. But when we use those words, we're speaking English. Now, the law of gender states that women are the, the physical manifestation of the feminine. And then men are the physical representation of the masculine principle. Now, like Nadia was saying, there's a balance. It's just like we all have estrogen and we all have testosterone, whether you are, you know, a man or a woman or male or female, if you have a vagina or a penis. Because, see, you see how we how these conversations start getting difficult in 2023 than it wasn't <laughs> difficult in 2000 because you could just say any one of those words and everybody would have known what you were saying. But, um, but it's just like, but we all have estrogen and testosterone. Equilibrium of estrogen and testosterone looks different for me as a male than it would be for you as a female, you know, but nonetheless, it's still a balance of the two, right? So um, when I was saying a man, so it was part of a larger conversation and things that he was saying probably is a typical conversation for someone who is gay, right? Who doesn't deal with women. So my last statement at the end of this long conversation was like, I get it, you know, you're still a man, you know? So that's what I was saying. Because the things that he wanted to do, that I've, I've never heard a gay man saying that they wanted because it deals with a woman. So I was like, I get it, you know, you're a man, you want to operate in certain ways to a certain degree, but sexually you're attracted to this. I get it, you know, live the life you want to live. So my question is this though, since you guys kind of went that direction, and I think it's important because if I was gay, trans, if I was part of the LGBT, I wouldn't personally be Christian because to me it's clear when you read the Bible, it's saying, nah, we don't want you here. Um, have you come against anything, whether it's a pocket key you read, whether it's an do you read, that maybe even called into question your identity? at all or have you not come across that 
No, but I'll also be very honest. Um, and I don't want to be a punk ass Abarisha, as Baba would say, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I have not been uh, studying the Pataki and Odu the way that I need to. So sure. I feel like I have to be honest about that. So I haven't come across it, but I also haven't looked for it. Asha, Asha. Yeah, we're very, we're very fresh in our journey. So uh, there's always more to learn. But for me personally, I haven't, okay. I haven't seen anything. And and even if you know, I see you know heterosexual examples, or um, the man does this or the woman does that. I don't, I don't read into it. I, it's for me, it's more about like the lesson. Um, I don't Asha. necessarily read into it as like gender terms or anything like that. I should. So over the past, man, it seems like really probably the past five years has grown pretty rapidly. But the power, the, the influence, um, how common it's become, if you want to call it that, or how expressive people have come inside the, the LGBT community, like that, that power, that influence, the popularity, if that's what you want to call it, has grown tremendously. And a lot of people will argue that there is an LGBT, um, I think there's some other letters to, to it now. Right? QIA plus. We're going to get into that later because I don't know what the QIA or the plus, uh, what that means. But do you feel like there is a, a agenda? Uh, and if so, What's your stance on that? And let's go with Delore. So I'd say that there's definitely, yes, an agenda. There has become an agenda. I don't know if it was always like this, but there's some stuff coming out in the LGBTQIA plus community that I don't agree with. As a queer identifying person, as a bisexual person, as a gender fluid person, there's just stuff that, I just feel sometimes like, ooh, we took that a little bit too far. Like, let's let's make it make sense. Mm -hmm. Like people identifying as like animals. That's one thing that I've seen. And I'm just like, I don't really get it or understand it. Um, people saying that we should force children to be gender neutral um, until they get to decide. I don't necessarily agree with that. I agree with assign assigning um, sex and gender at birth uh, and then letting somebody just somebody figure that out along the way. Uh, I don't there's just there's a lot of things that I think that there's an agenda that people are pushing and it kind of like represents almost extremism in the community mm. um, where if you take like feminism, for example, like the extremism of feminism is or examples of that are women that like refuse to shave their legs and shave their armpits and um, uh, do things like try to take on like a persona of like a man and do things that are like stereotypically for men. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I'm making sense. I hope I'm making sense, <laughs> but I think that, I think there's definitely an agenda, but there's an agenda with any group. 
So I think any group is going to have, they're going to start off like, okay, this is us, this is who we're trying to be. And then I think there's always going to be a group that arises from that that's a little bit more extreme and that's pushing for something else that might not have been the original intent of that group. I think that happens with every single group that exists on earth. So mm-hmm. there's definitely things that go on in the um, in the LGBTQ community that I, I just don't agree with, uh, especially like when it comes to to children. Sometimes I just think that, I think that we try to be so prescriptive of being inclusive that we can start being exclusive. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'll share. I'll share. So Nadia, um, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I completely disagree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so I feel like I think that whenever oppressed and marginalized groups start to fight for themselves. I think that to those who are not used to that, conflate it with having an agenda. I don't believe that anyone is interested. I mean, of course you have outliers, but the community as a whole, (laughs) people are really just fighting for acceptance and for legislation that is protective of these groups. That's what that is about on my end. Um, So I don't believe that there is an agenda. I don't believe that it's nefarious. I feel as though it's that people who have been silenced for a very long time, people who have not felt like they could be themselves in a safe space, People who, you know, don't feel like they can love each other out loud. I think that they're saying, fuck that. Enough is enough. And we're here. We're queer. And we're not going anywhere. So, yeah, like, we need to have these conversations about identity. And, um, you know, we need to have these conversations about laws that are put into place that are harmful. And, you know, especially getting into children as someone who, you know, was basically told that my identity wasn't real, it it caused a lot of inner turmoil for me. It caused a lot of self-hate for me. And if I had just had that moment, that conversation with my mother, and it had gone just a little bit differently, maybe not saying it doesn't exist, maybe her telling me, you know, however you feel, I support you. You're my daughter and I love you. I'm not gonna tell you what's real for you because I'm not you. If that conversation had gone a little bit more differently, I feel there's a lot of depression I could have avoided, a lot of self-hatred I could have avoided. Um, And so I think it's just about making people, letting people know, like, this is a reality. You know, we have these terms because now we have the ability to talk about these things. A lot of people were living their lives in, in, in the closet and didn't have the vocabulary because they didn't even feel comfortable being themselves. So... You know, I feel as though the agenda, if you want to call it that, is just a, a conversation that has been delayed for a long time. And because it's been so delayed, things are starting to blow up. And I think that it's helpful um, as a whole because of the fact that 
whether we like it or not, there are children who are trans. There are children who are gay. There are children who are pan. There are children watching, you know, what us adults are talking about. And they're feeling, you know, depending on how that conversation goes, they feel comfortable to be themselves. Or maybe they hide it within themselves. And then they suffer from depression. And then eventually end up killing themselves because they don't feel accepted by anybody around them. So is there an agenda? I don't, I don't like the use of that word because I think it's it's got a negative connotation, but I do feel like it's just a conversation that is coming to a head because it's been avoided for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Where <laughs> where do we put a stop to it? If, if we have all this thing about people can identify however they identify, um, what's to stop a child from identifying as an adult? and sleeping with somebody who is actually an adult? Or what's to stop uh, a 45-year-old man from identifying as a child and sleeping with an 11-year-old girl? With all things that are going on now, (laughs) that could be a hetero agenda. Those things are going on now, and it has nothing to do with the LGBTQIA plus community. If it's an LGBT agenda, then there's a hetero agenda. Because you guys are pushing the same things on people who were born queer. The same thing that you feel like we are pushing on people that were born heterosexual. So what's the difference? So I think... I would also just add to that. Um, pedophilia is obviously, it's, it's a thing. Whether mm-hmm. you're gay, straight, pan, whatever the case may be. Exactly what Daru was saying. And... Um, that happens, but also age is not a construct. Age is like a very real thing. Every, everything has an age, you know? So it's not, it's, it's always been that way. It's not anything that has been created as a, as a power play or, um, or anything like that. That's just a thing. Um, whereas- but you could say the same thing about sex. It's always been a thing that a man is supposed to be with a woman and a woman is supposed to be with a man. So here's the thing that I'm saying that I, that I think is, is being missed a little bit. There are laws or there's ways to use a law that was meant to do this and you can use that law to tweak it to do what you want to do that's not for its intended use or purpose, right? So what I'm saying is, is if as of today, if I personally decided to sleep with a seven-year-old, I'm going to jail. Mm-hmm. In in a society where it's like, hey, you identify however you want to identify, if that becomes, let's just say, a law, right? I guarantee you if that becomes a law, there's going to be somebody, probably a lawyer, a 45, 50, 60-year-old pedophile lawyer who's saying, aha, I'm going to use this law and a loophole as provided by this law so I can identify as eight so I can have sex with eight-year-olds. That's a pedophile. That person was going to have sex with eight-year-olds anyway. The difference is that (laughs) there's a, as of today, it's illegal. It being illegal is a deterrent for certain people for doing it, not for everybody. 
See, so so what I'm saying is, is that me being how I'm set up, I'm very logical, emotionally balanced. I always look at the thing. Like, there's a lot of things that, I mean, I'm super pro-black, but there's a lot of things where I say, hey, listen, I'm black, but let's be keeping it real. If we do this, that, and the other, then this and this, that, we're going to go out. Like, for instance, I was in my political science classes, super pro um, affirmative action. It would be, it was three black people in my, in most of my political science classes. In one class in particular, I'm battling with all these non-black people in the class, right? And then one day we get on affirmative action and I'm spanking this dude. Ooh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm dog walking him in this debate. But real talk on the facts, I lost. Like I heard some stuff he was saying like, ooh. And when I went and I actually looked into it, I changed my whole outlook on um, affirmative action. I was super pro-Democrat. I changed my whole outlook on that by actually looking at the information. It was me as a black man being unemotional sitting in the middle and saying, hmm, I see how they trying to use the language in affirmative action to really play us and really set us back. There's another way that, that they could do it to where we can actually succeed and nobody be able to have anything to say about it, right? So what I'm saying is, is just sitting in the middle and really looking at certain things. I think there's ways that people can use the LGBT agenda. I, I think it's agenda. I do think agenda has a negative connotation. Um, but I mean, for like, like somebody said, all groups have an agenda, right? But I think in this agenda, depending on how it works itself out, it could be set up in a way that it could be abused. Just like, you know, with the Civil Rights Act, that was a, that was a black people thing. Black people benefit from that the least. There's ways that we could have did that to actually benefit those who actually fought for it. So let, me, let me ask another question. Let me ask another question because, uh, and I'm uh, focusing this question mainly to you, Nadia. Um, so you you talked about the LGBTQIA plus community kind of being an unprotected class of uh, of people, but there there are laws. The LGBTQIA community is a protected class of people because. And I'm talking about in the in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, not in our everyday lives, but there are laws that talk about us or people not being able to discriminate based on your sexuality or your sexual orientation. That's a federal that's a federal law where we are all protected regardless of our uh, sexuality. And I think what Fafore is saying is about the agenda. So we are or I am. I am okay and good with the individual people in the LGBTQIA plus community, but the politics that surround it is mainly what I disagree with. So I'll give you an example where now you have men that identify as women that want to be able to go in the women's restroom. Now, I'm the father of a daughter, and I can guarantee you 
that no man, I don't care how he identifies, no man will be able to go in the women's restroom behind my wife or my daughter. I don't care. And, and, and this has nothing to do with how he identifies me being transphobic or homophobic or none of that. What I know for a fact is that this is a man that's going in the women's restroom behind my wife or my daughter. It's those type of things that it's the politics that surround it. There was another instance in Florida where uh, there were a lot of disparaging things that were said about Ron DeSantis because he signed a specific bill into law that many people were calling the don't say gay bill. When in fact, this bill had nothing to do with not saying gay. It was against teaching sexuality, period, to people uh, from pre-K to third grade. Now, me personally, I don't need the public education system teaching my children about sex at all, no matter what they identify as. I don't want the public school to teach my children nothing about sex, nothing about politics, and nothing about religion. So what do you think about the politics that surround, let's not use the term agenda, what do you think about the politics that surround the LGBTQIA community? I think that these things are being viewed in a vacuum. And I think that my biggest issue is that people are not looking at the bigger picture. I don't care about bathrooms. Like, I, I don't give a shit. You come to my house, anybody can use whatever bathroom they want. I don't care, whatever it is. Um, a lot of places you go abroad, they have gender neutral bathrooms. People go in, they do their business. Um, I'm, I'm addressing your specific examples before I get to the larger point. Um, just the same way that there are pedophiles, there are people and pedophiles who will try to argue and, 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 and make sense of whatever it is that they have going on using whatever means that they can. There are people who are rapists and who sexually assault people and who will sure, for sure, um, follow people into the bathroom or whatever the case may be. That's not an LGBTQ problem. No, 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 it's not. And and but that's where that's where I kind of get it. It kind of makes it. It's implied that it's an LGBTQ problem because these people, these pedophiles, these these rapists, whoever, they're being brought up when it's about the LGBTQ conversation. You talk about issues with rapists, you know, we have a Brock Turner who went to jail for three months for brutally raping a woman. Um, you know, rape culture is very much so accepted and normalized in our society. You look at Sukiana, the biggest example right now, YK Osiris forced her into kissing him when she was very clearly saying no. So I think we get all of these people up in arms because the conversation is centered around the LGBTQ community, but these are issues that are actually larger and largely visible in society, and we should be bringing them up all of the time. That's I what I feel about that bathroom thing. Now, um, just 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 so you know, I'm not. Uh, so my thoughts are not about the LGBTQIA uh, plus right. community. My thought is about a man. It has nothing to do with him being gay, straight, or whatever. I'm what I'm saying is that no man, no man, I don't care what community he claims to be a part of, could follow my wife or my daughter into the women's restroom. Now it is, we are talking more about the um the LGBTQIA plus community 
uh, because it's bigger now. We're talking more about it because it's in the forefront now. Mm-hmm. But even before this, to me, this is like five years ago. Uh, but even before then, no no man could follow my wife or my my daughter into a, a woman's restroom. But yeah, go ahead, go ahead and continue. And let me let me just add on to what he's saying. And that's what I'm saying too. That's why I was that's why I took it out of the context of LGBT and went on to tell my story about affirmative action. My thing, because I'm black and that was a thing that was important to me. What I'm saying is, it's how, like O'Shea said, the politics around something then gets switched around to let other things in. And I don't care what community you are a part of, you have to be cognizant of that. I was like two classes away from having a, a bachelor's degree in women's studies. The, my professor who went on to become a director of women's studies at another school called me on the phone and said, you have to finish out and get a degree because you've been such an asset to these classes. The thing that I saw, I, I paid attention to in those classes is, is the feminist movement and how the feminist movement tried to go and get black women who were fighting with black men on another movement to join their movement. Like, like, and growing up in the type of neighborhood I grew up in, I find the hustle in everything. Even the stuff that supports me. You know what I'm saying? I'm great. There's there's bills going down in places in Florida, stuff like that, who are a part of a black Greek letter organization for people who be like, you too dark to be great. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I see the hustle in everything, right? So I'm always like, okay, you're going to do this, but but then what's going to happen on the back end? What I'm, So that's what I'm saying is, the LGBT is being used as, to some people, potentially as a new hustle. Like, oh, if they are able to get this, then can I then get this? I'm saying we got to be cognizant of how these things are coming about. Same thing we should have done as a black community during the civil rights movement is, is what I'm saying. Like, okay, it's the politics. It's not necessarily anything to do with your sexual orientation. Yeah, the individual is definitely not. It right. definitely has nothing to do with you as an individual. As an individual, sure. But it's an entire community that we're talking about. So what my point was is that this is this is exactly what these right-wing conservative people are trying to make happen is conversations about arbitrary things that if we actually lived in a society that was not ruled by white supremacy none of this would matter none of this would matter at all was what's actually happening as a result of these bathroom things and these laws that governor DeSantis specifically has put into place is that actual like people who are are born cisgendered women who don't conform to what their idea of a cisgender woman should look like, they are being policed. I just read a story the other day about a woman who had short hair and was masculine presenting and was assaulted in the bathroom because they thought that she was trans. Now they have these rules in place. You don't want your children to be learning about any type of sexual education in the classroom, but they just passed laws in Kansas that's saying that it's going to be okay for them to inspect children's genitals before they go to the bathroom or before they join a sports team. So what's actually happening is that all of these little, little, tiny, baby, little conversations are going on to distract from the fact that 
white supremacy is prevailing. White supremacy is succeeding. White supremacy is allowing, and, and actually, let me take it, uh, take it to another level. Let's talk about Black women. Black women have never been the picture of what femininity is supposed to look like. That can be traced back into slavery. Um, and so that's, that's, another, that's one reason why they did studies on us and they did, you know, they harmed us because we could take more pain because we were not considered real women. Mm. What's happening with DeSantis is that this gender enforcing all of that, all of these laws that he's putting into place, what it's ultimately going to do is it's going to actually very, very fully and completely harm black women. Um, we already know Governor DeSantis is a racist. That is just a thing. And we already know that racism and homophobia, sexism, all of these things are all parts of the machine that is white supremacy. So when we're talking about the bathroom, when we're talking about light skins versus dark skins, when we're talking about men versus women versus transgender people, we're all talking about different branches of the same tree. And nobody is talking about the root of the problem, which is white supremacy. And that is, that is, to me, a very obvious sign that it's working because we're getting distracted and we're infighting. Meanwhile, the white male population is dwindling and they're doing everything that they can to try to recoup and try to maintain their hierarchy of power that they set in place. So I, I am always here to answer the questions, but for me personally, I don't care about the bathroom. I don't care about that. I don't care who's light skin versus who's dark skin. I don't care about none of that. What I care about is what are we doing as a society to come together regardless of your gender identity, regardless of your sex, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of what religion you practice, what are we doing to come together to combat the thing that has been destroying our world? White supremacy. That's what I really wanna know. That's the important question to me. I'm not interested in 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 any of that. I want to talk about <laughs> because you don't eradicate an illness just by treating the symptoms. You have to go in and you have to find the root. So that's how I feel. Now I don't know if I'm just talking for myself or for Oshayun as well. What's cisgender? First, yeah, what's that? So cisgender just means that you identify with the um, with the sex that you were classified under. So me, I'm a cisgendered woman. It just means that I was born with a vagina and I identify um, gender specifically. I identify as a woman. I knew that. I knew that. I, was <laughs> I, like, I knew that. I, mean, I ain't know if I'm just talking for me or for you. But. Uh, so Daru, Daru, what do you think about the uh, about the agenda? Do you think that there's a well, let's not use the term agenda. Let's talk about the politics that's around. No, let's use the word agenda because that's 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 how it's classified in the world. So the agenda, the agenda of the LGBTQIA uh, plus community. Do you, do you believe that there's a gender uh, uh, an agenda surrounding that community, your community? No, I don't. I think that I agree with y'all when certain certain politics do come into play as far as with children. I'm a mother. I don't feel like a kid under 18 should be able to decide whether or not they should get their sex changed. They can't pay for it. But 
under 18, if they identify as a woman, then by all means, who is it hurting that they feel a little feminine or a little masculine? That isn't hurting anybody. Um, as far as the restrooms, you being a man and a father, I could understand that. But at the end of the day, if you took a look inside of our community, this actually is not a man. In this person's mind, they were born a woman and they're trapped in the wrong body. They're not going in there to harm your son or your daughter. All we want is the right to be able to be married without somebody coming to take it away. The right to be able to claim our spouse on our life insurance or to add them to our medical benefits. The right to be able to walk around and be free how we feel to dress without being killed because that's how we feel. Um, it's not an agenda. It's, we're living out loud now. We have always lived like this. We just did it in the closet. Mm. So that meant we went to underground clubs and back in neighborhoods and were able to dress and live and breathe how we wanted to. But when we came out into you guys' societal norm, we had to conform to how you guys saw life. Mm. Now we're just living out loud. Now you see us. We're here. We don't want to disrupt whatever you have going on with your heterosexual children or with your life. We just want to be able to live art. That's not an agenda. This is America. That's supposed to be our right. We're supposed to be able to live how we choose to live. It's not harming anyone. The harm is the individual that did it, not the community as a whole. Mm. I agree. I agree. I agree with all with all of the things that you just said. I do believe that uh, that people should be able to marry who they want to marry. That uh, the laws that pertain to uh, you being able to put your spouse on life on your life insurance. I agree with all of that. And I also I want to make clear that uh, that I don't see myself as separate from you or different from you, different from y'all. I don't see myself as uh, different from the LGBTQIA uh, community, so I don't, and I don't want any of you to think that that I see myself as different from you or better than you. Yeah, uh, she said, "Y'all," I was like, "Who is y'all?" Right, right, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I, so, I ain't know I, I got a vote in that. <laughs> I just, I just, uh, I just, I just want to make that clear that uh, that I don't think that that I don't think. Uh, and I'm speaking for both of us now. Now I know I'm speaking for both of us that we don't see ourselves as better than the LGBTQIA uh, community or anything like that. Uh, and I agree with you that it's the individual that we're talking about the individual. And like I say, when I'm talking about a man going into the restroom, it has nothing to do with the community that he's a part of. It's just like, now this is, this is going to be kind of controversial also that, uh, you know how they talk about. Well, let's just use white people then. Let's use let's use white people. Oh, if man, our <laughs> 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 no, but we gotta. But I think we gotta be able to talk about this because, and and I'm just talking about me as an individual now. Uh, if we're talking about the harm that the white man has done, when I know about the harm that the white man has done. When white men approach me, I don't have time to try to figure out if this is a white man that's intentionally trying to harm me or not trying to harm me. I don't have time to try to figure that out. So it's the same thing when I'm trying to protect 
my family. When I'm trying to protect my family, I don't have time to try to figure out if this is a person that intends harm or not. So when I see a man go into the woman's restroom, now this is just me behind my wife and my daughter. I don't have time to try to figure out if he intends harm or not, because it may be too late if harm is intended. So this is just me as a person reacting to a person, a man that's a potential threat to my family. Not that he's a part of the LGBTQIA plus community or not, but that he's a potential threat to my family. But I said all of that just to say that I don't see myself as separate from y'all. So, y'all. So, 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 yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a gay man as a dressed as a man is not going to walk into a women's restroom. A gay man is going to use the man's restroom. Mm -hmm. But a trans woman, someone who identifies as a woman on the inside and out, who may have been born male, may go into that restroom. So what you gonna do? Stand there and start check everybody that walk in there with your wife and your kids? Because you're not gonna know who's born in there. Right. Um, and, you know, the, the question that you just asked me, I've asked myself before. Uh, since since these uh, things have been coming up, I've asked myself that before. Um, for the most part, what I found, at least for the people that they show on TV, at least for the people that they've shown on TV, those trans women, I can tell, are men. I haven't... Well, I haven't <laughs> now, I know in the modern day... In I know today. Yeah, them, them the ones who got their paper up, but he talking about the, the regulars. Yeah, you, you know, you got you got the ones, the ones that I've seen on TV, I can tell for sure. Now I know that there are uh because I came up watching Mari and I've seen uh people who were born men who are transsexuals, at least that's what they were called then. That's what we call them then transsexual, that you cannot tell at all is that that this is a man that you can't tell at all. So I guess in that in that sense, if I can't tell, then I don't know. I'm talking about. And you, and you and know then, what's and, so crazy? And then I can't protect them. I can't protect them in that in that uh, situation. You don't know what's so crazy? A man that looks like you can go into the restroom with your son and do the same thing that a man dressed like a woman he can go do. He definitely could. The difference, <laughs> the difference, talk. but the difference between that. Is that if I have a young son, I'm going into the restroom with my young son. Now I'm not gonna go into the restroom with my daughter unless I don't know, I'm by myself, she's very young, and I'm in a place where they have those uh the what they room. call them, the family restrooms mm -hmm. or whatever. I think they have those at our walk, some of our Walmarts out here though, mm -hmm. they have family restrooms. Or if I'm just really in a bind, I'll take my daughter into the men's restroom with me and let her do her thing and then we'll come out of there but those questions that you just asked i've asked myself though I've, I've and let me ask you another question do you know that the people who harm whether it's murder whether it's physical abuse whether it's sexual assault the people who do that the most to trans women are actually cisgendered men mm, so agree. if you think about it that way why would it why would any trans woman feel comfortable going to the men's room looking the way that they do dressing the way that they do regardless of whether they've changed their body parts to me 
that's more of a danger to the entire community rather than just this individual hypothetical situation of somebody getting assaulted in the bathroom. And so it's, it's not it's not it's not hypothetical because there have been instances of um, trans women, right? That's trans women going into uh, women's restroom and them being assaulted, them being assaulted because of it. There have been instances of that. Um, but again, and I agree with you that you are more likely to be raped, murdered, harmed by a cis man. I definitely agree, which is why I'm talking about all men. That's why I'm talking about all men. I'm not talking about uh, just a trans woman. I'm not talking about just a trans. I'm talking about all men. All so men. you're, you're saying that um, I think you're saying that if we have a trans woman, you do not acknowledge that identity. No, yes? that's not what I'm saying. But you're calling them a man. But they're not, so, they're, they're trans. They're trans. Okay, so that's, now, this is what I tried to preface the video with is that we are so unfamiliar with the terms that I don't want to say trans man or trans woman or cis man and cis woman and be I just figured that y'all know who I'm talking about. Like you right, know y'all three know who I'm talking about. You you just <laughs> said something a few minutes ago and I didn't understand what the hell you were saying. Yeah. You said trans woman. And I'm confused. And then you started describing the body part. I was like, oh yeah. So when we say man or woman, we just talking about how you was born. Cause it'd be confusing in my head. Like it took me until you start explaining it. And I'm like, I'm stuck up until that point. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what a trans woman is. Okay, I'm, I'm confused. But, but so Nadi, you and I are not too far off on how we view things because I'm gonna look for the hustle and everything. Now, with, with men being able to marry men, now I don't know if this requirements to prove that I'm in love with this, or somebody in love with this man or whatever, you can just get married and that's that's that, right? I watched a movie about it a long time ago where you had to prove that you was actually gay in real life, but that probably was even before like law the law was really enacted. So that's the only thing I know about. I got good health insurance. If one of the dudes in my circle like was for real, like down and out bad and sick and didn't have no health insurance, we get married. You can get on my health insurance, straight up and down. See, I'm for the hustle. I'm not. I mean, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna hold you. Like I would do that for somebody that's like my brother. If Oshayun did not have insurance and he was down bad and he had to get these surgeries, he is gonna be. <laughs> he is gonna be my wife. I So, and I'm gonna be honest. If if, if he wasn't married, and let's say he was in the military or something. And it was some hustle, and he can get like it was a money situation. I might be like bring up to him, like, look, man, we could get married. Cause I know people who do that, like they get married, it's some extra benefit they can get. I'm just saying I'm gonna keep it a buck. Like, now that's to me life, right? Ain't nobody harming that. This they got free money, somebody gotta get the money, right? I'm not a big, and I know I'm gonna get some flack for this, but I'm gonna say it. I'm not a big protest. Uh, police killing black people because I know the numbers. 
Like you just said, it's a bigger picture, right? My bigger picture is that's a very small number. Now, if my community can get some shine off of it, we can get some, some money, some benefit, whatever, then yeah, I'll be out in the street protesting for real. Even though I know number-wise, the number of us we killed by police is very, very, very small than in other areas. I really put my energy in the other areas. I'm a big picture person. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like you on that. I'm just, um, that's just how I look at things. But what I'm saying is, is I know how things can be co-opted and corrupted. Yes, there is a community of people, right, in the in the middle of this, right, who just want to be able to get married and be on health insurance and live their life. I got it. Not taking away from that. But I'm like, you got to be a way for everybody in the community to do things. Because there's, there's always a hustle. There's always some people who about 10 steps ahead of the game. <laughs> who looking for the hustle. Like there were some people 20 years ago who knew that this thing was going to kick up steam and it was going to be this, this movement, right? They knew, what, they knew what it was. I'm just saying is, is I think we could go about it in a way for whatever community that we represent to do things in a way to where we get what we supposed to get and we make sure things don't get abused and things don't go left at the same time is what all I'm saying. You know, this is going to be a beautiful episode right here. We're going to definitely have to do a part a part two with y'all. This is probably the longest episode we've ever had. <laughs> this is probably, this This is definitely the longest episode that we've ever had. And I I enjoyed this. I love, I love this. I love uh, talking to people who have different perspectives than, than I do. I learn. Uh, I'm learning so much. Like Vapore said, we've been talking to uh, Yenny in the DMs about uh, what does queer mean? What is cisgender? What is a trans woman? Like, what do all of these different terms mean? So we're still learning. Uh, that's another thing that I wanted to ask about the word queer. So when I was coming up, queer was a derogatory word. That was that was something that people who considered themselves gay or people who, who or who were gay didn't want to be called when I was coming up. So has the LGBTQI plus community kind of adopted that term the way that black people adopted the term nigga just to take uh the power oh, away from the state <laughs> and just say that this is ours is that is that is that how how the word uh queer has come to be yeah so it's basically like you said instead of using it as a word to hurt us we took it and used it to empower us Mm. Yeah. And so um, in derogatory is no longer a, oh my God, hide in the closet type thing. You're queer. It's like, yeah, we're queer, we're here. And like Nadia said, we're not going anywhere. Mm. <laughs> in linguistics, it's called a term of reclamation. Um, so basically taking exactly what Daru said, taking that word and making it work for you. Mm. And what if our child is smart? It's a term of reclamation. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that there are maybe people who don't necessarily see themselves fitting into any of those specific letters, or maybe they 
change or they they it depends on the day and how they feel who they're attracted to or whatever the case may be so i also feel like it's a good um, term for people to use who don't necessarily identify with um, a specific identity that is listed out in those the rest of those letters so is yeah. it like so it's queer now like the umbrella term that covers that covers everything so could i not be wrong like if i was to call a person queer if i were to say queer does that cover the whole community yeah and i'm gonna ask you why he's trying to say that because see being black first we was african we were negro african-american black now then we moors hebrew even and i'm black i love black people i'm i'm so glad that i chose to be black <laughs> but that would be making my hair hurt like i just be wanting to say black i don't want to remember that you were hebrew i don't want to remember that you over here are more like i don't want to have to remember that you african-american you black you the word that that Sam or Oshayun just used that might mess up our sponsorship. Like, can we, can we just use queer and then and everybody like, yeah, okay, I, yeah, I think you can. Um, I think it's an umbrella term. I would say yes. I think it's an umbrella term for the entire community. Like when Beyonce won her Grammy for Renaissance, she said thank you to the queer community for creating the genre. Like. I think queer just encompasses, you can use it to encompass everything that is in that in the rainbow, in the alphabet soup, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Everybody let us, agree he, with let us that? hear it, Nadia. Let us hear it, Nadia. Okay. Yeah, Nadia about to hit us with, well, technically. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Nadia. <laughs> no, I, I disagree with both of them. So, uh. <laughs> no, I agree, but like also at the same time, um, it, it it is an individual thing. So I think it also depends on who you're speaking with. I think it depends on their age um, also. So I think it's just important to be cognizant and be um, outside of your ego if you use that term around someone who doesn't necessarily feel like it's respectful and just be like, look, my bad, like, how would you like for me to, how would you like for me to say that in this conversation? So. Mm -hmm. I saw you, I saw you put your hand up, Daru, when, when she said about the age. Because I was waiting on uh, Yenny to finish talking because that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, now wait a minute before you just get to calling people out here in the world queer. <laughs> that may not go off too good. Right. So basically, if you a grandma, so, you're going to be like, hold up. So it, if you were born before the 80s, I wouldn't too much call them queer. Right. Because that's when it was uh, butch, queer, bulldogger, that kind of thing was like calling Harriet Tubman or Martin Luther King a nigger. Mm -hmm. uh, N-I-G-G-E-R Not mm -hmm. like you talking to us And it's mm -hmm. like nigga That still hurts, that still stings They still carry the bumps and bruises Of earning their right To be who they are and be comfortable mm -hmm. In their skin mm -hmm. With the younger generations in the LGBT Community, it's, it's a little different They're a little more out open They live a little more loudly You know what I'm saying, when, they, when it came about For them it's when all those changes started to take place and it was just starting to be accepted. So they were able to do that. 
before those in the older generations, we hold certain things sacred. And one of those things is calling me queer or dyke. Mm. Those and are so very you fall, you fall in that? Do you fall in that? You I do. Be don't call me, I do not want to be called queer. I'm perfectly fine with being called Daru is a lesbian. <laughs> she said, I'm a lesbian. Right, right. <laughs> I said, I don't know about all I was, the lesbians. I was, I was a part of the community when it was just LGBT. Mm. I said, I right. Said. <laughs> it's you know we learning all this, though. Right. Yeah, because yeah, bulldagger is one of them, like, one of them grandmama words, like, have some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, and that's what they said when they wanted to hurt your feelings. Yeah, right. yeah. I remember that. I remember grandma saying them words. Yeah, that's just yeah. some real old words. Yeah. 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 Back so, words. Yeah. 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 So, so that's that's thank you for the clarification. See, now Yenny was about to have me out here thinking I was doing yeah. right. It was about to get me get me beat up. Uh, I'm sorry, y'all. Like, queer. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think in twenty twenty three. The best thing to do is just ask somebody how they identify. Mm. Hey, what's your pronoun? How do you identify? What would you like to be called? Mm. Versus just walking up to people like, hey, what's up, queer people? Or <laughs> what's up, my, my panties? Or whatever mm. words that they coming up with now. Just, hey, you know what I'm saying? How you doing? I noticed you may have on a rainbow. How do you identify? Or... Hey, what are your pronouns? Is the most common thing now when you ask a person, even when you're talking to somebody that's considered heterosexual, you still be like, What's your pronoun? Because some people are not considered LGBT, but they still don't call themselves him or her or she. They don't do labels at all. They like, I'm just a them, I'm they. I don't know. Mm. I just, I feel more comfortable just asking people, How do you identify? What are you? Unless you know them, unless you know them. Mm -hmm. I think I I've learned more. Pronoun was until uh, <laughs> right. The LGBT right. You don't even I, I forgot English. that in English. Like I know what an adjective is in the noun. That's all I got. I, I forgot what a pronoun was until about seven Man, years I think, ago. I think I've learned more in this episode than I've learned in any other episode because this was an episode that we came in pretty much fully ignorant to all of the terms, everything that's going on. So this was a, this was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, episode. Uh, we love the, uh, the disagreement, especially from Nadia. You know, <laughs> Nadia. <laughs> we love, we love the disagreements. Oh, no. yeah. And Nadia, the activist of the group. Yeah. <laughs> we like that. We like that. We like that. But, yeah, this was a this was a beautiful episode. I had been looking forward to it. I knew it was gonna be a good episode. Uh, we appreciate y'all coming together and spending some time with us, allowing us to uh, grill y'all and question y'all and tell us about <laughs> what's going on and what's not going on. So yeah, man, I learned Absolutely. I learned a great deal. I got one more question though. I was gonna do that. What does the Q? What is Q? <laughs> IA plus is it plus plus or plus? What is it? I've seen two pluses. pluses. I don't know what that second plus is. <laughs> yeah, what what is the Q stand for? Queer. Queer. I is intersex. So that's like 
so like intersex is people who were born with both. Oh. Um, like hermaphrodite. Yes. yes. That's not what they're called anymore. That would be one of those disrespectful so terms. hermaphrodite is like midget now. That's like, you gotta say little. Yep. <laughs> yes. Oh, and then this is new. This is real new. Yeah, I didn't even know hermaphrodite was like, you couldn't say that no more. Me neither. Okay. <laughs> so then there's actually um, two A's, technically, but the one, it's a it's an argument within the community. Um, but it can, I, depending on who you're talking to, it can stand for asexual or ally. Asexual is just somebody they identify as however they identify as far as their gender goes, but sexually, they're not sexually attracted to anybody. Mm -hmm. That's just not, they just cooling. Um, and then obviously- who? Cooling. They They cooling. 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 They chilling. <laughs> gotcha. You know gotcha. what's crazy? The first asexual person I ever knew was Sheldon on Big Bang Theory. <laughs> For real. I, see, I know I know he's asexual, so I know what asexual. I knew that. Black car about to get <laughs> Whoa, the the Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Man, Big Bang Theory go hard, man. No. <laughs> That's like like in the rule book, thou shalt not watch Big Bang. <laughs> so asexual and then ally. Mm -hmm. So that means like I rock with y'all. Y'all marching, I'm marching too. Mm. Okay. And but it's also not a sexual orientation or a gender. So like I understand why people are like allies don't necessarily need to be involved in the mm -hmm. act. They probably in the plus. They in the plus part. We gonna keep them over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and with all the pluses, like everybody else, everybody. Whoever yeah, all, all the stuff below, all the stuff you need named in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all the people. <laughs> hey, so, she B, so she B plus. I mean, you are you B plus. You can say that for sure. That B plus. That. <laughs> that but no, on a serious note, the pluses are because with the younger generations, it's so much more being learned and explored about sexual identity, it's hard to just put it in those four letters because everybody wants their title. Everybody wants their place. So the plus plus is for everybody that keep adding on and learning new things about themselves and their sexuality. They at least that after the T. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I mean, for real, after, after T, they should have been like, you know what? I see where this is going. <laughs> This is plus right there. Being a member of the community, and I speak for those in my age group, we have had that same conversation. See, see, I'm with your, I'm with your people. <laughs> y'all keep it simple. See, I, I feel like I can rock with y'all because it's like it just, it just. Hey, we got four, and then whatever else, we we rocking with it. We we ain't got to add on to it, but but we we rock, we found. Oh yeah, they again. They are freer to live. I was born in 1980. Y'all know back then, I'm coming out of the 70s and the 60s. That wasn't, it wasn't that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. them, we wasn't even LGBT, LGBT then. We was just in the back of a closet somewhere. We didn't have a letter, 
a title or nothing. Mm. We yeah, was yeah. the other, we was the other auntie. Mm. Right, right. See, y'all was in the closet for real. Man, I had a frat brother come out years ago in our group meeting. Today, I got something to tell y'all. It was the worst coming out ever. So he came out and everybody was quiet, right? So me being the person I am, I said, hey, man, if you was in the closet all these years, you was in the closet with the light on and the door open. Because, <laughs> because we already knew, homie. You was like, you, like you know what I'm saying? Hey, you the bruh, so we rock with you anyway. Right. It was the most uneventful coming out. We were like, oh, we didn't know that you weren't out. <laughs> oh, congratulations, my bad. Like, so, but yeah, back in back in Darwin, your time, yeah, it was for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? It, it was like the civil rights era. But um, but man, this this episode has been dope. Like like Oshayun said, man, I'm so glad that all three of y'all could be a part of this. Mm. We didn't know how it was gonna work out. Like three different guests, how we gonna juggle this? How this gonna work? How we gonna move around? But man, like y'all were perfect. Somebody told me. Uh, man, y'all should have had a man in there. I'm like, man, we got the Neapolitan ice cream of the LGBT. <laughs> <laughs> like, we straight. Yeah, we straight. Yeah, we don't, you trying to throw a man in there, you're going to try to put some whipped cream on it. We ain't had no whipped cream <laughs> on our Neapolitan ice cream. It's cool how it is. We got enough flavors. All right. We don't need no cherry on it or nothing. And, man, y'all was perfect. Y'all was perfect. Um, man, I thank y'all. I thank y'all. The Lord for Yenny, um, man, thank you for educating us. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for basically planting the seed for this to be possible. Uh, Daru, Nadia, man, thank y'all so much. Like, y'all y'all gave us what we needed, and that's what exactly. we want. If we say something, y'all like y'all ain't with it, then, hey, let's push back. Um, you know, a lot of people, we know that E5 means among other things, the wisdom of nature. And there's a lot of people who would say um, that homosexuality isn't E5, it's not natural. It's not natural for a man to be with anything or anybody but a woman and vice versa. But one thing that we do know about E5 is that E5 has changed. And as soon as homosexuality was entered into human consciousness, there was no other place for it to go but to to grow and expand. And whatever this experience was supposed to be for not only the three of you, but for all those who have made that choice, whether in um, on earth or in heaven, to have this experience. I hope that you have the experience that that you wanted to have, right? And I hope you have that experience freely. And I hope you have that experience openly and honestly. I don't think here in the in the diaspora uh, we have the the luxury to kind of sweep sexuality, no matter how that looks, under the rug. It's something that here that we have to talk about, right? It's something here that we have to discuss. It's not enough just to allow people to be, but to allow one of ourselves, I mean, allow each other to talk about it and express it openly, you know? So, um, again, 
Thank you for, for sitting with us and going through another episode with us, going through another episode that hopefully expands your journey. Um, life is for the living. So live and live out loud and on purpose. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. We thank y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Bye. Peace.